0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America N.A. Member FDIC. The following production is brought to you by the Talkin' Buds Leave Show. Here we go, talking Buds leaf show. The Toronto Maple Leafs have won seven in a row. We were on here two weeks ago after the Ottawa loss, and I was ready to pack it in. I was where you were at after game three against the Florida Panthers last year. I was just at the end of my rope, and what do you know? This miraculous turnaround, the click that we've been waiting to happen all year, seems to have happened with a seven-game win streak.
1: First time in 20 years they've had a seven-game win streak. Pretty damn impressive. That's fucking crazy.
0: Before we get into it, I think we need to do some special shout-outs off the top. And if I can get a bit sentimental with everyone here for a few minutes, if you'll just indulge me. Ryan and I started this pod five, six years ago, just as a way to like kind of hang out together and and have like kind of a hobby that we could do together and provide the kind of leaf talk that we enjoy listening to, which is, you know, banter type, shooting the shit kind of vibe, not bludgeoning the listener with numbers and statistics and like kind of of coming off like know-it-alls, just two guys who will openly profess to you, we don't know, We are not know-it-alls. We just like to come on here and talk and give our opinion. And for the last few weeks, I'd say about the last month, our comment section on YouTube has just been inundated with tons of positive and encouraging comments. And we really appreciate it. And for people to provide super thanks like they did last week, like both of us were kind of like, oh my God, like just... Incredible generosity. So, just want to do a huge sh- shout out off the top to Chad Doyle 9009. Two minutes for cross checking. And Steve Selsey 6943. We very much appreciate your generosity. And you know what? We went through some. We grinded on this YouTube channel. There yeah. were a lot of videos in the early days that were like five views, six views, and it's like our family is providing the bulk of the views. So to be at this point now where like we've got kind of a loyal group that follows the show and engages with us every week, it's it means a lot. So huge thank you for that. Yeah, the
1: grind, It's it's a grind. So yeah, thank you. Thank you very much.
0: Speaking of the grind... One thing I wanted to do today was sort of talk about, like, kind of bring our... I talk a lot about putting on realistic glasses. And I find in these situations, when you're emotionally invested in this team or any sports team, the pendulum really swings. It goes from, oh my God, like where I was at two weeks ago to now they've won seven in a row Like, could this be their Florida Panther moment from last year? Is this, like, a true turnaround? And I think if you want to put the realistic glasses on, this is my assessment of what is happening right now with the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think the Morgan Riley suspension plus illnesses that caused Tavares to miss a couple games, Marner to miss one game, um, the unfortunate situation with Mark Giordano's father, has sort of taken pieces out of this lineup and forced Sheldon Keefe to rethink the way he sort of assembles this group. And I think that has unlocked sort of a level of play and has sort of taken the team up a notch. And I think I heard Mike Johnson on overdrive and I thought he put it perfectly when he said, you know, this season has been a grind. Like it has been a grind. It has been, they, they, they've they just been like, we had tons of conversations on here. Like, is this team mid? Like, are they just not a very good team? And I'm not going to sit here and say they're all of a sudden a juggernaut that is never going to lose again. And is going to march all the way to the Stanley cup. But I do think this team was better than we initially thought. And it took sort of maneuvering the pieces around and getting put, trying to find a new way to solve the puzzle that Sheldon Keefe was forced to do that has sort of taken them up a notch. It's
1: taken a long time. Yeah, I mean, I think most of their seasons are... Like the way it is kind of now. It's it's they They play bad, but then they also go on a little run, and you're always kind of up and down. This year, it's kind of been consistently... Down in a way because they've just been grinding. They've I been I wouldn't say down. I would say I, I think m- mediocre. Mo- no, I think the most of our episodes we've come on here and been extremely negative. Like maybe in the overall sense of the NHL standings of them compared to the Buffalo Sabres, it's been mediocre. But in terms of the conversation we're having on this podcast, it's been I think it's been negative all year. And this is the first time this season where everything's just kind of come together. And it's really it, it, this is this is where Lee fans get in trouble um it's really hard not to take this success get a little too excited and start making comparisons to the Florida Panthers last season or 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 making comments about how guys have matured and maybe this is the maturity point kind of like when o- OV finally won it all with the capitals it's it's hard not to take all this excitement and, and try to Parlay it into somehow it's going to make them successful in the playoffs, but I will say it is hard to deny what they've done They have looked completely different players who have been struggling all year have been playing a lot better all the defense Bertuzzi Domi Bobby McMahon showing up even Nick Robertson's playing a little bit better. The fourth line looks better and it's 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 it's, You could look at it and you get very excited, but I'm also trying to just take a step back, appreciate what they're doing, but not get too overexcited
0: about how it can relate to playoff success, if you get what I'm saying. I think that's fair. I, I think you're right. You have to sort of temper where your mind goes when something like this happens, but it is vindicating for those of us who think back to July 1st when Brad Tree Living signed Max Domi and Tyler Bertuzzi. Well, this this is what the team was supposed to look like. Yes, yes. It's vindicating in that sense. And it's just, yes, they're producing, but also those two guys, since, since being put together on that second line with Nylander, those two guys have sort of, they're like feeding off each other. Rob, They look like they finally have a pulse, yeah, they do and and they it looks and' they like have, they had no
1: pulse all year, and all of a sudden they're they're they they're breathing again
0: well, they're they, alive. They also have bite, like the thing that I've liked with uh, putting them together is th- they're playing with an edge together, like there's a scrum in front of the net, both of them are right in there, and that's the type those little details are things that this team has been missing for so long. And to see that now, you've got Domi now centering that second line. He can skate and keep up with Nylander. I think if you look at the second and third line and the changes that were made there, I think you needed to get Tavares and Bertuzzi away from each other because they're similar type guys in the sense that they do a lot of their damage in around the front of the net. Neither one of them is a super fast. No, so. Getting, moving Tavares off that line and putting Domi at center, who can keep up with William Nylander, has made all the difference in the world. And also, putting Tavares down has sort of woken him up a little bit by putting him with the emerging Bobby McMahon. It's a kick in the ass, too. And John Tavares's MO, especially when he was with the Islanders, is you could put him with someone and you can get them to produce. So putting him with a Nick Robertson also makes a lot of sense from that standpoint. Yeah,
1: I think you can also say that William Nylander's take taken a massive step this season and is showing that he can carry a line himself as well you don't need to have him and Tavares on a line to what what they ha, what they currently have right now is every team's dream when it comes to assembling a lineup where you have multiple quote-unquote superstars if you look at the Oilers you want to keep Dreisaitl and McDavid not together when you looked at the Bruins when they had Bergeron they had Pasternak Bergeron and Marchand on the same line. Ideally, you want those guys separate. What they have right now is everyone's dream where you can put, you have Marner and Matthews together because that's just, that's just working. But you have two other quote unquote superstars that were on the same line. But what you want is to spread out the wealth. When you have a third line that is producing, that is a recipe for success. And that is what every team dreams of. So yes. Nylander taking a massive step this season, which we made jokes when he signed his contract. He kind of went quiet. He's back now. He's he can carry a line on the wing now, especially if he's and, got and he, those two guys, Bertuzzi and Domi. Like those guys were, they, they had they, were, they lost. were lost. They were blue. they were lost farts in the wind. Yeah, they were gone. Yes. Like they were nothing. And all of a sudden, they have a pulse. Yeah. And John Tavares, it, it, it hurts his ego, no doubt. I don't. He's not on the power play anymore. He's he's now he's on the third line playing with two rookies, basically, even though Nick Robertson's played, but as far as playing a full season, he's a rookie and, and it's up to him to kind of drive his own line.
0: Yeah. It, I'm sure it probably is a bit of a shot to the ego, but also if you're him and I think he has done this, so this isn't a criticism. If anything, I'm giving him credit. You have to accept where you are now as a hockey player at your age. And he, this hasn't been, this has been, he's a tough stretches this year, and so to move them down there, accept the role, bring these two guys along. Theoretically, now you're on the third line. That should open you up to more advantageous matchups. Like you, you'll be out there against the other teams. Like Rob,
1: Rob it's a part, it's a part of being a captain.
0: Yes, you,
1: we've been talking about the captaincy. Him acknowledging that he's declined and accepting a new role on his team. That's a part of being a leader and being a captain. Yes. And pulling guys like McMahon and Robinson, Robertson or whoever is on that line going forward. That's what being a captain is, in my opinion.
0: Um, You talked about Nylander. I think the recipe now that is working for them is you've got depth guys who are contributing on the score sheet. Tyler Bertuzzi gets a hat trick, Bobby McMahon on fire, etc. But you've also got Austin Matthews still scoring at a torrid pace. You've got Mitch Marner who is locked in points locked in right now. And is the confident version of Mitch Marner. You talk, I've talked a lot on this podcast about confidence with respect to like how we've watched a guy like Nylander evolve over the last couple of years. And I think when you look at some of the guys on this team right now, and the team as a whole, it's amazing how powerful a little bit of confidence can be. Like they've gone in here against the Vegas Golden Knights defending cup champions and the Colorado avalanche. And yes, there were times in the Colorado game where they did get outplayed, but you're on the road in a tough building at altitude. You've played a lot of games this week and against a good hockey team and you hang in there and you get the win. And it's, they are playing like, they, when they go out there against these good teams, they're like, we can hang with these guys. And I think at times this season, they haven't always felt that way.
1: Well, I want to go back to you talking about um, the word galvanized with Morgan Riley getting a suspension and cross-checking a guy in the head. I, I sat here and I said, there's no way that this has any effect on them. They're just, they don't have that type of personality. And all they've done since then is prove us wrong.
0: Yeah, but I think... I don't know. I could be wrong. They were talking about this on the radio all week about, like, do you think there was, like, a moment where something was said in the room? And maybe, maybe not. I tend to think no. What I think happened here, and I've said it a couple times now, is I think these situations forced Sheldon to sort of rethink the lineup, and I think he's plugged the right guys into the right spots, and it's woken them up a little bit. You say that about Bertuzzi and Domi. But even the fourth line, like – We've all sat here and we've clowned on Ryan Reeves. Like rightly so. Like the guy struggled at to start the season. He was an absolute liability. Like putting him out there almost guaranteed a puck, you're fishing a puck out of your net. And since he's come back from his injury, he's been pretty good. They were the best line on the ice in the Vegas game. Yeah. He, they were they were dominant. Yeah, he's yeah, he's been pretty good. And they found a good spot now. Like Pontus on the wing down there, camp. You can sort of like move those two around. You Let's can see, switch. You can switch Gregor and Reeves out depending on the team as well. Yeah. So it's 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 pretty like. It's it's pretty
1: crazy to to see. I know. See. I know. It's and I I don't. It's so Leaf fan though. Yeah. I I, don't, I just don't want to f- be that Leaf fan well, who's coming on. I mean, it's been exhausting coming on here and and just spazzing and being angry because it has been a very frustrating season, but. I mean come it's it is kind of laughable how they just go on and run even though it's been a gr- it's been such a good run. I think that's why. It's just been so good. So it's hard to it's hard not to get excited because your 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 criticizing hat comes on and then your your real Leaf fan hat comes on when they're playing so well. You start getting excited. You start thinking about what could happen in the future, but it's I'm trying so hard to just like rein myself in and and by gal- and going back to that galvanized comment. It's not maybe the no one really, maybe someone didn't stand up in the room being like, now we really got to go, but it did set, it did galvanize them, whether they, whether it meant to or not, or whether they tried to or not, because that whole thing just set off a chain of events that have kind of changed the way they look and the way they play. So whether they meant it or
0: not, it did galvanize them. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with the code THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets, only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL shield are registered trademarks of the national hockey league. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. Let's talk about the defense a little bit. Lots made about, record Sons Morgan Riley and I think my biggest takeaway from this is the pairing of Riley and Brody we're done we're done with it and I think you look at you look at the lineup as a whole and you forget I said this to Ryan before we uh, hit record here they still got Giordano and Yarncroc So you're kind of like, how are these guys going to fit in? You kind of got Giordano in in an ideal spot now where I think if your defense is clicking like this, he doesn't need to play every night, which is how you're going to get the best version of Mark Giordano at his age. But also, I think Lilligren and and Brody played well together. McCabe and Benoit have turned into the people's defense pairing. Like, they are are the people's champions of, of this Leaf team. And then now you got Riley and... We said this last week, and I think now, if you're Brad Tree living heading into the deadline, I don't think, I think we can let the Chris Tanev thing go. I think the Flames are, yeah, they're starting to win. They're yeah. starting to look better. They yeah. have some tough decisions. Yeah, and, and and who who
1: why why would they? You don't know the relationship between Tree living and that organization as well. Exactly,
0: like that also factors in. I feel like and the price for Tanev's way too high. Like he's not, you're not giving up a first round pick. I'm sorry. So I think now you can maybe look around the league and say who's got a big sort of stay-at-home guy that we can put with Morgan Riley that isn't going to cost us one of our highly touted prospects that maybe we could package like a third or fifth-round pick for, or one like maybe um, I don't know who would you who would you move from the Marlies?
1: I, I don't I don't know yeah. I don't know what we always like the trade bait board and everyone just looks at the obvious choices. It's going to be, and then the organization just come up with something that we've never even thought of. Yes. Like, if you just think about the things that are available from a trade bait, basic perspective, it's they have, they could trade a first, they could trade a third, they could trade Easton the Cowan, they could trade Fraser Minton, or they could, uh, they could try and move a, a roster player. Like, yeah. and everyone would point to Nick Robertson. Yes. But I, uh, beyond that, I, I I don't know enough about their organizational depth in the Marlies to start making decisions. You could you could move one of the goalies too if you really want to. It depends how confident you are in Joe Wall coming back and playing well. Who, who
0: looked pretty good in his in his first game back with the Marlies. But Joe Wall scares me a bit because of the injury history. Yeah, but yeah. that's that's like I digress. I do think Robertson is a potential guy that they could look to move out. I know that's going to upset some people. I personally am. I don't kinda, think that would upset anybody. <laughs> but I personally, honest. no, there's there's a lot of people who, and and I think he's played pretty good. And and I think this team, like given their cap situation, especially next year, you you have to be very careful if you're going to move out an inexpensive young player that you could have on your roster. Like that is something you're going to have to think twice about doing. Having said that. Like, you look at Yarncroft coming back, and this is just, I'm, I'm predicting this based on what I think Sheldon Keefe is going to do, and I think Sheldon Keefe has Nick Robertson spots circled for when Yarncroft is ready to come back. Robertson's out, Yarncroft is in, and you've got your third line of Tavares, McMahon, Yarncroft. Yeah, that would, that, would, that would definitely make sense. Yeah, so I think that, and the fact that I think that's where he would probably lean opens Nick Robertson up to potentially being a trade chip. I'm not wouldn't be surprised if we get past the deadline and Robertson is still here. Wouldn't be upset about it either at all. I'd be like, okay, cool. We're rolling with Nick Robertson. But I think, I think the thing that the seven game win streak has sort of changed is the mentality that of tree living now where he doesn't necessarily have to sit there and go, I need to overpay for somebody to really fix our defense. I think, no, we can go and find a guy now who we can put with Morgan Riley. Like, Luke Shen is not somebody who we all thought coming in, like this guy's not a, he's in like the back half of his career. He's not a top four defenseman anymore. And when he came in here, they paired him with Morgan Riley. And it was the best Riley looked all year last year.
1: Yeah. Morgan Riley was their best player in the playoffs last year, in my opinion. Yeah. That that pairing was, was,
0: was their best pair. And And they're
1: two of their best players in the, in, in both
0: rounds. And we've seen enough now that he thrives with that sort of defense partner.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, if you look at the, if you look across
1: the board, like you have like Tanev would obviously fit because you need a right-handed shot, but we know we don't, but we also don't know what they're thinking. Yes. Like now we're all starting to kind of get in their brains and be, and be like, well, now you, now we just need a guy who's a stay at home guy, but you don't know what they're thinking. They might think that they, maybe this, maybe ownership, maybe Shanahan, maybe tree living are looking at this more excited and more kind of, looking at it through a lens where maybe we need to go out and get somebody better. Maybe we don't know what they're thinking. Like for us, it's, we don't think it's necessary. We don't think that you should trade Easton County. You should trade Fraser Minton. I don't want them parting with a first round pick. Like, it's just at this point, like you could thank Dubas for that. Like they, they, they've traded enough and I know it's not tree living's fault, but I mean, you look, you look across the board, like there's, there's really not much you can go get for like, I think like, L- Labushkin's the easiest name where it's like I don't think you need to trade a first round pick for this guy but like Matt Dumba's out there but Matt Dumba's a good player. You have Sean Walker's out there. Was Philly willing to part with him? You're probably to have to f- give a first round pick for that as well. So it's if you look at the trade bait board there's there's not a lot of right handed defensemen that aren't like you're going to have to pay to get some of these guys. So I, I just don't you, you want somebody better than Will Loggison, obviously but At the end of the day, I'm still looking at them being like, I'm not I'm not parting
0: with anything significant to upgrade this team, even after the seven game winning streak, because at the end of the day, when they get into the first round series, whether it be the Florida Panthers, Boston Bruins, New York Rangers, whoever. It's going to be the guys who are here that are going to win you that series. It's like you're nobody's coming here. That's going to that's going to put the team over the top. You can bring a guy in that's like a reinforcement and is like, okay, we're adding to our defensive depth. We're trying to find the ideal partner for Morgan Riley, but
1: that's not going to win you a Stanley Cup. That's not going to win you around. Yes,
0: Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, the end of the day, Austin Matthews, Domi. Austin Matthews
1: doesn't have a goal in a game seven through this whole run. And that's that's insane. Yep, Like those guys need to hit that next level of their maturity at as NHL hockey players. And it, it might be nice to go get Ilya Labushkin and it might it might help. But I just don't think that's going to be what decides a Stanley Cup or a couple rounds for this team. It's going to be these guys continuing to play the way they've played this season and to finally take that next step as professional hockey players.
0: Goaltending also will be vital yes. in that. Yes, that, all,
1: that is a big question mark, to be honest with you. that yeah. that That is that is something to be worried
0: why about. Why is it a question mark? Like, And I'm not saying it because I disagree with you, but I'm saying it because I kind of do agree with you. It's like, why is it a question mark? Like Samsonov has played pretty well. Marty Jones has come back down to earth, but Marty Jones like literally saved this team's season. So you can't be too hard on the guy who came in when... Wall got hurt and Samsonov was a wall and literally helped them stay in the fight. And then you got Wall who has the biggest upside of the three and is the guy that I think we all want to anoint this team's number one goaltender, but the injuring the injury history is concerning. But nothing's been cuz nothing's been sustained this whole year. It's Samsonov
1: was brutal. Wall came in and I thought I'm not forgetting about how well he played. He was playing unbelievable when they were at their worst defensively. But then he got hurt. So that didn't last very long. Marty Jones came in, provided a great goaltending, but then that fell off. Samsonov left, came back, and he's been playing well ever since. So that might be the longest sustained part. But like if you look back to last season, Samsonov played the entire year and he played well the entire year. It's just there's nothing that's been like you're still going to be going into game one in April kind of questioning what you're going to get out of whoever starts that game. Yes. That's my point. It's not it's not a slam dunk. This is our number one goaltender. We know exactly what we're getting from this guy. That's that's what I mean by question mark. I don't think it's they can't win with what they have. It's just there's, I don't feel 100% confident in the option they go with in in game 1 because nothing's just been sustained. You you're worried about Wall's injuries. You're you're worried about Samsonov having a bad game and going Jack Campbell again. Marty Jones, I just, I like Marty Jones, but I just don't think he can get it done at where he is in his career. So that's what I mean by question mark. Game one was tomorrow. It's Samsonov. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's in, he's got a top five save
0: percentage in the league since he's come back from his week off. And he does like let he's in... He's been very good. Yeah, and he's still, like, he does let in the occasional... S- stinker but the, everybody does and he's been pretty solid he did win a playoff series for them last year yes. against Vasilevsky yes six games
1: like I'm not forgetting that either he's capable of that it's just he's not Vasilevsky he's not Demko he's not hella buck he's not one of those guys you're you're still going to be somewhat worried about what you're going to get at Elias Samsonov that's that's all I'm saying yeah I think in a perfect world Joe Wall comes back and plays like he did before he was injured because he was lights out
0: but he makes me like I get really I struggle with guys who have a difficult time staying healthy and and I watch enough pro sports to know that, like there are just certain guys that, like they just—they're snake bit in that, that sense. That was
1: Fre- that was Freddie Anderson. Yeah, Freddie and so,
0: Anderson was good for an injury every single year. Every time Joe Wall is in the net and he moves yeah, left he, to right, yeah. I my heart is going to stop because I'm going to be like, or if he has to stretch out and make a big save, or if there's contact in front of him, it's like he's just one of those guys, kind of like Matt Murray a little bit, like one of those guys that, like it's just. It's a matter of time before, and I don't mean to like chirp the guy. I'm just saying, like it's it's very hard to fully put your trust in a guy that has an injury history like this. And he's
1: also only started what twenty to thirty games in the NHL. Like it's the as much as I've liked what I've seen out of him, he's there's there's not a huge sample size. But you could also say that about Aiden Hill last year, who is now leading the league in save percentage. And even though he was awful the other night against Leafs the chased Leafs, him. He, chased he, him. he came in, he was a nobody, and he was unbelievable and won a Stanley Cup. So goaltending is kind of like a fickle position, which is why you're not seeing $10 million contracts handed out to goalies anymore. But uh, it's still, you're still not going to be 100% confident in, in that position going into game one,
0: I feel like, no matter what happens. Before we wrap up today, I want to give you the floor here. For you to talk a little bit about your birthday twin, Tyler Bertuzzi. Did you know that both Ryan and Tyler Bertuzzi were born on February 24th, 1995? And you are someone you've been very vocal throughout this year that you have not liked his game. You've been one of the biggest Tyler Bertuzzi detractors. But to your credit, like we always do, our motto here on the Talking Bud's Leaf Show, that when someone plays well, we come out here and we eat our crow and we give them their we give them their due. And you've done that. But I want you to talk a little bit now about what what is he doing now that is causing him to have success as opposed to before? Like you said, he looks like he has a pulse. Well, what I would say is before the
1: Colorado game, I mean, I still wasn't. Extremely impressed with what he was doing. I'm not going to act like he's been all of a sudden just grits at at, ever since Riley been injured, but I will say that he does look like he finally is a lot. Li- it's just here's what I don't get about this guy and, and him and Doey being on the same line, you alluded to it earlier. I wasn't expecting 30 goals out of this guy, I was expecting a 20 goal season. The offense has been dry. The hat trick definitely helps with the numbers because at the end of the year, we don't remember how many he scored and how many games. You just see how many he scored and that's what you're measured off of. But the thing I never understood was this guy came in as a shit disturber. He came in as someone who's going to mix it up, who's going to get in people's faces, who's going to face wash some guys in front of the net. And I just haven't seen that at all, all year. But now it looks like maybe that he's on a line with a guy like Domi, who's a little, who's been a little more or who's been less afraid to face wash guys in front of the net, maybe having him riding shotgun with him can make him feel more comfortable that he's got a buddy out there. Who's going to be in the scrum with him every time. So going forward, I just want to see the offense is the offense. Obviously when he scores, when any of the depth guys score, it's going to, it's going to help them win. It's going to make them a better team. It's going to make them a more dangerous opponent for anyone playing them in the playoffs. But, can you please just start face washing guys in front of the neck? Can you please start whacking
0: guys in front of the neck? Get more Domi, involved. Domi's kind of brought that out of him.
1: Yeah, it's just time for you to get more involved physically.
0: I want to take, so you got to talk about Bertuzzi. I want to take a little moment here and say, I feel extremely vindicated because I have been the president of the Max Domi fan club since the moment he showed up. I will fully admit that I do have, I talk about realistic glasses, so I'm going to call myself out here and say I have had a bit of the rose-colored glasses on with Max because of the sentimentality of the fact of who his dad is and what his dad meant to this city and this organization. And just, it was a homecoming that was a feel-good story. And you see this guy, I sat here, all year, and I banged my fist on this table and said, put this guy in a situation that he can succeed in, Sheldon, and look what happens. You've put him—I would go—I would go to battle in a playoff series with Max Domi 10 times out of 10 before Alex Kerfoot, Pierre Engvall, yeah. Yeah. Dennis Malgin, name one of the other Guys that Kyle Dubas insisted was a necessary part of this team. I would take Mac. Max Domi is a heart and soul guy who leaves it all out there, and like he's he's vital. Having those guys when you're in a playoff series and you and the Florida Panthers are taking it to you, having a guy like that that's going to go out there and not be afraid. Like if he gets called out to drop the mitts or whatever, like they 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 need that. They need that. So I'm feeling extremely vindicated watching him succeed on the second line with Bertuzzi and Nylander. And if I can also pat myself on the back, isn't it incredible, Sheldon, what happens when you show faith in these guys and put them out there? Look, you've put Tyler Bertuzzi on power play one and said, park your ass in front of the net and look what he's doing. Wow. Wow, and it, it has always amazed me not to turn this into into like a, a chirping of Sheldon. But you know, I just can't I can't help myself. I need my two minutes soapbox every week where I can kind of poke fun at Sheldon Keith. It amazes me that these coaches these these are intelligent people. The stubbornness with which they do their jobs it's like, dude, this has been scr- like like I say every week it's been jumping off your television for months, that this change needed to happen and a rethink of this lineup needed to take place. And guess what? He did it, and they've won seven in a row. If you think about it, though, all it took was John Tavares moving down to the third line. That's really all it and took. And separating Riley and Brody. Yeah. That defense
1: pair has not well, been it's good. because TJ Brody just can't move the puck fast enough on his offside anymore. Yes. But if, if you look at the forward group, all it took was... Moving Tavares down to the third line to give other guys a better opportunity, and that, and it went from kind of trying to satisfy all the guys in the quote unquote core four to to looking beyond that and starting to include other guys in your lineup. Be like, if we can get John Tavares, should be good enough. John Tavares, eleven million dollar player, he should be able to play on the third line and elevate guys and still be able to contribute offensively. Or else, what what the hell is he doing here?
0: What when, was he doing uh, last night at the end of the game when he had an open net and then I he have got no, g- I, I, he like he like waited. Like, yeah,
1: he could have just he, he crossed the red line. He could have put it in the net, but then he like waited and then it kind of Patrick Steph Stephened over a stick yeah. and then they he <laughs> that almost was a problem. I know. That was like Bertuzzi <laughs> the other night. I felt bad for him when he was still wasn't scoring and he fired the puck over the net and went into the empty net and they came down and scored and I was like, oh my god, what are you
0: doing? Oh,
1: but. I mean, it just, there's been so much focus on trying to make these four guys happy, and Marner and Matthews are still together, and they are just lighting it up, so there's no real focus on them right now, but let's stop trying to make the four guys as happy as possible and realize that they are highly paid hockey players, because they're supposed to be guys who can elevate other players, and they finally just, just moving that one guy from second line to third line has really just elevated everyone's scoring and McMahon's and guys are just playing better as well. Yes. Like at some point, these guys also just had to start playing better. Yes. And guys just had to start. So like Bobby McMahon scoring is just making a huge difference. All of a sudden he's just a viable player on the third line. If he wasn't scoring, then Tavares is down there with, with who Robertson and, and him doing nothing. Like eventually some guys just had to step up and start playing better as well.
0: So we just watched them. Play the Vegas Golden Knights and the Arizona Coyotes. And coming up this week, they play the Vegas Golden Knights and the Arizona Coyotes. I have March Saturday, March 2nd at
1: 7 p.m. circled on my calendar.
0: Why? Because because Matt because Matt
1: Remby is, is... Ryan Reeves has not dropped the gloves
0: since the second game of the season against... We got a guy, the New York Rangers have a guy that's come into the league and has said, he has grabbed the microphone and has said, I am coming for that world heavyweight yeah. championship him, title. Him and Arbor Jack, I have been the
1: only two guys who have come in this league. Look at this guy. He's a monster. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and Reeves has not, he fought. Eye, and then he fought Felino. He has not fought anybody all year because it, it, people the weight w- classes are are not what they used to be. There's only so many guys Ryan Reeves could fight in the league, but clearly this guy has walked in. He's a monster. He's basically Chara. Yeah, um, maybe a little less scary, but I, I and and tough guys are going like Matt Martin's. Like I'll give you this one, and then Nick Delorier, another tough guy, was like, "All right, buddy, let's go. Let's uh, you prove it." And you. Don't think Ryan Reeves is gonna get in there. I'm circle that one because that if I if they don't drop the mitts that game, I'm gonna be very, very disappointed. Well, I mean, you
0: look at you look at it, they got the Golden Knights defending Cup Champs. Like, yes, they just played really well against Vegas, but like Vegas is coming in here. They're gonna that's gonna be fresh in their minds, they're gonna be taking it to them to start the game coyotes man eh, the arizona coyote i always get mad when they play the coyotes and it's not at mullet arena because i love watching games at mullet arena yeah, we clown it's on that arena but i actually enjoy watching hockey it, uh, yeah it arena. actually is pretty good yeah, it's yeah, yeah it, it's kind of like it's kind of a different like, it feels yeah. different i, I like NHL it. hl team playing at your local barn you just you just uh, uh called out that you're looking forward to next saturday against the new york rangers but what about next monday
1: Against the Bruins, yeah. Boston
0: Bruins, yeah, who
1: can't stop losing in overtime. Yeah. They're five and eleven in overtime this year.
0: Five and eleven, yep, yeah, thirteen overtime losses.
1: They, so I think two of those must be in shootouts. But I was watching; they blew the two goal lead against Vancouver, and then on the broadcast it said they were five and ten going into that overtime. Now it makes them five and eleven. That's yeah. that's not very good for a team who's leading a division. No, it is not.
0: All right, buddy. We're going to get out of here. We will be back next Sunday. We're doing the once a week every Sunday now. So make sure you hit that like and subscribe button below. Set your set your calendars. Does that even make sense? Saying- set
1: your calendars. Set your calendars. No, you get, you, you click the notification button yes. on YouTube. Yes. So that way you're notified when That's there's right. a new video. Yes.
0: Click that notification button every Sunday as we get closer to the deadline, which is a week, just under two weeks away. We'll see what happens. We'll start to ramp it up to the two a week as we get close to the playoffs. And then, like I said, playoff time. We'll be here after every single game. Hit that like and subscribe. Hit the notification. Spread the word. Tell your friends. Leave a comment. Love the engagement. We really appreciate it. We'll see you guys next Sunday.